There is no doubt there has been a strong push from employers to get their employees back into the workplace. Whether it's to adopt hybrid working or to come on site full time, employers have been voicing their opinions and we have seen the push. Today's Ask Lawland segment will be focused on an employee's question around whether they can be forced to come back into the workplace more frequently. So if you're one of those employers or even an employee with the same kind of questions, then this one is definitely for you. Welcome back to Lawlands. My name is Sanam and thank you so much for tuning in today. Our Ask Lawlands segment is back. I really wanted to address this hot button topic. As soon as it came up, I thought this is the topic that we need to discuss because we have seen so many large companies like 1NZ and many other SMEs too, to be honest, that are looking at bringing their employees back on site Maybe it was during COVID that these employees started working remotely. And now that we're kind of reaching this post-COVID era, a lot of employers are trying to push for their employees to come back into work. And there's a lot of reluctance. We've seen employees protesting at larger companies. All of this working from home is part of the recruitment process for a lot of these companies. Now they're trying to shake things up and trying to get employees back into the workplace. One of the things about being a lawyer means that a lot of people come to you for advice. I am unfortunately in one of those areas where only a handful of times have I been asked questions because employment law, let's be honest, HR and employment law is no immigration law or family law. People always need a visa. People always need to figure out how to leave their spouse. But employment law isn't the most glorified one out of all of these areas of law. So I was actually quite surprised when I traveled to Auckland during Christmas and New Year. And as we were talking to somebody, this conversation came up around, hey, I just had a question around coming back to work and being required to come back to work. And look, I can't really give advice ever, to be honest. This is one of those things about lawyers that people a lot of times don't know is that we just can't go around giving people advice because we haven't engaged this particular person and we're not really covered. But instantly what I'd like to do is at least try to give some sort of ideas around what they should look at rather than telling them exactly what to do. But when this did come up, I instantly thought, great Ask Lawlands episode. And this is what this particular person said to me. The question was, Can my employer make or require me to return back on site? So what we know is that they were a new employee. At the time of hiring, the company said that the job was going to be flexible. Now, there was no definition around flexible. I I like to really put that out there now. So keep that in mind. The company said the job was going to be flexible. But what was flexibility? Nobody really asked. This person usually works from home four days a week and comes in once a week into the office or on site. So instead of doing one day per week, they were being asked to come in two days per week on site into the office. But the employee's concern was that they would need to sit through traffic. They also had an underlying medical condition that would cause them to feel quite fatigued when they were in an office environment. And this was discussed slightly during the recruitment process, but nothing in detail where it was documented in a health questionnaire or anything like that. 
Also, the company doesn't have a policy around working from home and there is no exact clear discussions around working from home other than this directive that has been sent out recently. Look, I really wish we could do a poll here. I wish we could take a moment so I could gather all of your opinions for everyone that's listening. But I would say just take a moment and think about what your answer would be to the question, can this employer make or require the employee to return back on site? It's a difficult one, right? Because you've got underlying medical conditions. You've also got the pitch of flexible working. And like I said, a lot of these larger companies, a lot of companies nowadays, they are pitching flexibility as work from home. But what happens when the company wants to change this? So the first thing that I wanted to get into was around the requirements. So what we know is that it's not as simple as asking an employee to come back to work. We need to have a look at what's in the employment agreement first. So that's the first port of call. Look at the employment agreement. See what that says. Ideally, an employer should have something in the employment agreement around the location of work. For example, the employee would have a clause in there. Generally, it's usually on the first page or so where it says that the employee will be required to work from a particular premises or maybe they work from home and it will cover bases like potentially coming into the office and uh, any other sites owned by the employer. Maybe there are multiple sites that they need to go to. So I would prefer clauses that cover all of the bases. It's always best to have a clause that has working from home, also mentions coming on site and any other premises that's owned by the employer, if, if that's applicable. What you would be looking at or what you would be looking for is whether the agreement specifies days. Now, if the agreement says in there, anywhere in there, that the employee will be required to work from home, maybe Monday to Thursday, and then Friday they need to come into the office or on site, then that is what the employee can hang their hat on. If there is a clause in there that says that the employee has specified days to work from home, then the employer, unfortunately, cannot, without consent from the employee and reaching some sort of mutual agreement to vary the contract, they cannot force them or require them to come back to work. Now, if you have a broad clause, then this is great for you <laughs> um, because your broader clause means that you can now have employees return back to work because it doesn't specify the exact days. So make sure when you're drafting your contracts that you're really thinking about each detail. Each clause really matters. They're not in there just for fun. We put them in there with purpose. So make sure with this particular location clause that you're setting the expectation up front and you make sure that if working from home is not always going to be a possibility, if things will change, set that expectation up front. If there are times that are not clearly set out and that may not be clear, then that's absolutely fine for the employer. But as an employee, you need to keep an eye out for that if that really matters to you. Because now we're seeing definitely a push where a lot of employees, this really matters. So remember that you need to have both types of locations in your contracts, in your employment agreements, working from home, on-site location, and any other premises, if that's applicable. If it's just work from home, that will be hard. So then you cannot require the employee to come back in. So two scenarios. One would be if it specifies exactly what days the employee comes into the office and works from home and you want to change that up, that's going to be difficult. And if it just says working from home, 
then that's going to be hard as well because now you're trying to vary the contract and the only way you can change the contract is by reaching a mutual agreement and getting an employee to sign the variation. But of course, the employee is not obligated to sign that variation because both parties have agreed to that contract and it is binding on both parties. The next area, though, that I really wanted to flag was flexible working. Under the legislation, under the Employment Relations Act, there are a lot of protections in terms of allowing an employee to request flexible working. The employer must consider it within a timely manner and they must respond in writing. So this is all a well-documented process that needs to be done. Now, I will later on down the track do an episode on flexible working because it will be a lengthy one. (laughs) It's not going to be short. There is a large section of the legislation around that. So what does it mean? What do I need in terms of flexible working? With flexible working, without going into too much detail, like I said, an employee is able to make a flexible work request in writing. And then from there, it generally follows a process where they provide it to the employer. And generally, this would detail what the changes are going to be. You know, maybe they want to work from home on two out of the four days that they're meant to be coming into the office. And they need to specify whether it's permanent or temporary. So what will the arrangement look like and for how long? The employer does need to respond in writing as soon as possible. So you can't delay this. And there needs to be some sort of clear grounds if an employer wants to reject the flexible working. So this can be done by saying that it's impacting on the quality, the performance. So you can definitely use different reasons. And there is a whole raft of reasons. And I will list that in the description as well. But you need to make sure that you're doing it on very clear grounds and that you're meeting those grounds. And if you are seeing lower productivity, then you can mention it briefly and say that productivity is an issue. I know with 1NZ, this became a huge problem because employees were saying, you know, we're doing so much better working from home. We don't have to worry about paying for parking. We don't need to worry about sitting in traffic. We don't need to worry about all of the rigmaroles of coming into the office. But 1NZ said, no, we're actually seeing a huge hit to productivity. And that's when they mentioned it briefly. They didn't need to go into too much detail. And they said, we're relying on that to say to everybody, please come back into the workplace, please come back on site. So you can use those reasons, but it is really important that you make sure that you've clearly documented and laid that out. I'll link all of the information around flexible working, the processes, as well as Employment NZ's templates that they provide. And you can definitely take a look at that and feel free to reach out to me um, by email or LinkedIn if you have any questions, and then I can always point you in the right direction. Now, We're about to wrap up soon, but these are the key tips from my experience. I want everybody to remember this, employers, employees, everyone included, working from home is not an inherent right. So working from home is not something that you just get. Of course, like I said in the beginning, if it's in the employment agreement and if there is something ironclad in there that says that the employee will only work from home or they will only work from home on particular days, then it is an express right and inherent right. But What would a fair and reasonable employer do in situations where we don't have an inherent right? We're dealing with an employee that has a hybrid working situation or maybe working from home, but the contract does say that they they need to come into the office as well. What happens then? And I would really implore you to have a look at being a fair and reasonable employer because of the landscape that we're in. So hear me out. 
Don't switch me off yet. (laughs) Please hear me out and don't delete this episode yet because it's all about making sure that you consult with your employees. And a lot of times, like this particular situation that we're dealing with, this particular employee, she was told that she needed to come back into the workplace and it was something that was changing quite quickly, quite rapidly. There was no consultation to say, hey, can we get your feedback? How do you feel about this? Is there any commitments that you have? Is this going to disrupt anything? There was none of that. And I would really ask employers to consider what a fair and reasonable employer would do. And consultation is a huge part of that. Consultation, communication is a huge part of that. And that's where I would say you should discuss your preferences and acknowledge any concerns that this particular employee has. And you should make sure that you're open to considering alternative uh, arrangements and you should try to accommodate particular situations. Now, you don't have to accommodate everything. You do not need to say that, look, 100% this is what we're going to do, but it would be worthwhile to at least try and accommodate for whatever you can or communicate and work and consult with the employee. A lot of times employees dislike things being just thrown on them because no one likes change. And so rather than being thrown into the deep end and being told, hey, this is what we're going to do and that's it, employees will feel like they're trying to stay afloat and they don't feel like they're being valued. So pull them out of that, bring them into shallow waters, give them why you're doing this, what the reason is, acknowledge the concerns they have, come from a place of empathy. These are one of the areas where you really need to look at the competition. And I know when you're running your business, sometimes when when you're working in HR, you don't want to always look at the competition. But this is one of those areas where you need to have a look at what other people are doing to maybe incentivize employees to come back into the workplace. So you don't need to adopt all of this. These are just ideas that I had seen as I was looking into this. uh, And ever since this question came up during the Christmas New Year break, I kept seeing different articles pop up and I was pulling them all together. So some companies are doing lunches, office lunches, where the employees come on site to incentivize them. They get a free lunch. I saw other ones that thinking more bigger picture, broader thinking further on down the the line, which is upskilling the employees. So giving them a bit of a push in a positive direction so that they can get some positivity back from the employee, high morale rather than low morale. And that's, like I said, a bit of a, a longer term thinking. And otherwise, you just need to be prepared to be flexible and I really agree. There's a lot of lawyers that have said this as well. If you read the blogs out there, if you read the news articles around being forced to come back into the workplace, a lot of people are saying this, and I really believe this because it is very hard to deny the fact that we have changed since COVID in terms of how people are coming into the office. It has changed significantly. So think about that and really see how you want to be flexible to retain talent If that's something that you want to adopt, it's completely up to you. And depending on the type of work you do, I would say that a work from home policy is always something that is beneficial because it lists out not only health and safety considerations or any protection of maybe confidential information, use of company property and how it needs to all be managed, but the critical parts there is that it talks about how people need to apply to work from home. And you can use that flexible working flow on the Employment NZ website as an example. 
and you can build that into your policy. And also, let's say you want to really clearly set out expectations on how you want people to work from home, then this is going to be a great way to do it. So even though it might be common practice, this is a great way for people, if there's any issues that come up, a policy, as long as it's applicable to everyone and you make it very clear and you make it very straightforward, then it is a great way to set expectations. I came across the University of Otago's uh, work from home policy, and it's actually quite a handy one. It's not too long. It's not too onerous. I'm going to link that too. And that will be a perfect, perfect way for you to see an example of what working from home uh, policies can be like. It even goes so far as to list out how people need to work effectively, how people need to work um, in an appropriate environment. Obviously, you don't want people, if they're doing uh, phone-based work, you don't want them to be in a loud, crazy environment. You don't want them to be distracted all day. And also, it talks about the security of, of company property and health and safety. So these are the tips that I would suggest on how to navigate this area. I know it's tricky. It's a fine balance. This is not as much legislative or case law based as it is more empathy, emotional and reasonable employer. So think about it, look at your contracts and definitely have a look at implementing a work from home policy if you don't have that. And if you've got any questions, then absolutely send them through to asklawlens at gmail.com. I can keep these anonymous like I've done today. And it will be a great way for you to ask a question that may be prevalent in your industry or see where the trend is. Now, I stay on top of all of these trends. So absolutely, if you've got anything, send them through. Well, that's it for me, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you're dealing with anything in the workplace, absolutely reach out to someone in your local area. Get some advice around contracts if they look a little bit contentious or if you're a bit worried about that location clause, then absolutely. So thank you so much. Have a lovely day, night, evening, wherever you are. And thank you. And I'll see you in the next one, everyone. Mm-hmm.